0: My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on the purple mafia podcast episode number 28 today is thursday march 5th 2009 we have lots and lots to get to today too much too much happening in free agency but certainly not enough happening for our beloved minnesota vikings our beloved purple mafia the minnesota vikings yeah, it is not been as pretty as a lot of us had expected. But before I get into that, Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. And I always thank each and every one of you for downloading and listening to this show, which is a sweet podcast here in the Twin Cities. Glad to have you with us. Please do tell a friend about Purple Mafia, spread the word about this show best kept secret in the twin cities <laughs> let's not make it a secret much longer let's get the name out there so more and more can enjoy what we have to offer all righty well on the sports there is a message boards at the front page there's a button in the upper right hand corner that says tss boards click on that that is how you can join our forums on there you can interact with other podcasters meaning other show hosts, of course, uh, other members, over 300 of the sports stuff.com at this point in time. And also, that is how you can vote on the polls for Purple Mafia, as I will have one today regarding the wide receivers, the free agent wide receivers that are remaining. I came up with four possible candidates so that you will have a chance to choose from. So that is how you can interact with this show at this point in time until we get a phone line, until I get my own phone line for all three of my podcasts. Um, Until then, well, that's how you're going to have to do it. Otherwise, we're going to talk about free agency, of course, today. Free agency, wide receivers, quarterbacks, yeah. A certain major player we lost, and we're probably going to lose another one, which isn't as big, but big enough. You know, losing players is losing players. So with no further ado... We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back right after this. Here on thesportstuff.com, we're bursting in blue with Timberwolves Explosion. Timberwolves fans, your show has arrived at last as we bring in a new era with Al Jefferson, Kevin Love, and Mike Miller. We're available on thesportstuff.com and also available on iTunes. Download and listen to in-depth and detailed coverage of your favorite team. Show your true blue and join this explosion of Timberwolves basketball. And we are back here on Purple Mafia episode number 28, A Reminder. For iPod users, do check out Timberwolves Explosion on the com, iTunes, Mediafly, and Timberwolvespress.com. Do enjoy that, despite the fact that team is going in the wrong direction at this point in time, which is exactly where Vikings Free Agency has been going of late. And uh, it's very upsetting to me, actually, how things are turning. Things looked so good for a little while there, about a week ago, and, man, things are turning south in a hurry here in Minnesota. All right. Well, the Minnesota Vikings, first and foremost, did acquire Sage Rosenfels last Thursday. That was completed. Sage Rosenfels is a Viking press conference on Friday, last Friday. Uh, He's excited to be here, glad glad to have a great running back and all that good stuff, you know, behind him. Uh, He's got at least one good, legit receiver to throw to. Uh, Bobby Wade is uh, dependable, but he has the speed of... (laughs) You know, he has no speed whatsoever. He has the speed of a walrus, basically, out there. But he's got about the best hands on the team. Um, Cindy Rice, inconsistent. So that is why we're going to get into wide receivers. Wide receivers remaining, and the ones that could have been ours, the love we lost. But before that, got to talk about the guy who was the leader of the offensive line for a long time, since the year 2000, when he replaced Jeff Christie. That, of course, is Matt Burke, St. Paul native Matt Burke, who was taken in the sixth round in 1998, a long shot to make the team that year. And he did make the team. And uh, it's like you, you could kind of tell this guy was going to be a legit player early on. It's like, you know, he he's not making any mistakes. And by gum, nobody's getting by him at all. He's actually pushing forward with about as many as anybody else on that offensive line when he was like you know, replacing injured players or, you know, getting into the lineup. You know, the the red-headed Matt Burke, there's no missing him on that line. Uh, A lot of people were concerned, though. It's like, huh, he's going to play center and not, uh, I believe he was a tackle, not going to play when he was drafted. He's going to play center instead of tackle. Hmm, this could be interesting. And it worked out better than any of us could have expected. He was a lot better, actually, than Jeff Christie, a lot larger than the underside Jeff Christie. He had a better attitude than Jeff Christie. And uh, Robert Smith had a career year because of that awesome offensive line at the time. Of course, we all know Robert Smith ended up retiring after that because he saw the Vikings were on the downturn, and he probably figured his health would be on the downturn as he was my ripe age of 29 at the time he retired. Boy, do I wish I could do that. <laughs> it sure would be nice, wouldn't it? But all whining aside, Matt Burke, well, I'm going to whine about this, is now he is a Baltimore Raven, folks. He is a Baltimore Raven. Very, very disappointing for the Minnesota Vikings, though. It did seem he wasn't going to be coming back, especially once he, started, once he went and visited the Baltimore Ravens. His comment, well, it was very strange at first. It was weird. I was, like, a little nervous coming here. Burke, a six-time Pro Bowl pick, this is, of course, a quote in the Star Tribune, um, visited the Ravens excuse me training facility after arriving in the afternoon. The Ravens are in need of a center to replace Jason Brown, him who signed with the St. Louis Rams. That was the guy the Minnesota Vikings had targeted to replace Matt Burke. Funny how that took place, huh? Matt Burke's quote again, I wouldn't be here if I didn't think it was a strong possibility, Burke told the Baltimore Sun, and, um, that's just the way it goes and it's not good at all. It's a big shame. Now there's a quote from Burke's agent Joe Linta. We have an offer from the Vikings that is not unfair, said Burke's agent. Vikings executives, accept- excuse me, Rob Berzinski, Rick Spielman, and George Patton have been more than patient and fair in this process, and they are all good guys. This is a decision Matt has to make based on his relationship with the Vikings and based on what he has down here in Baltimore, or there in Baltimore. So, uh, definitely a shame that Matt Burke is now a Baltimore Raven. Also, another guy who is on his way out, most likely Darren Sharper, wrapped up a visit with the New Orleans Saints, returned home with no deal, but the New Orleans Times Yoon, however you pronounce that, Yoon reported the interest between both sides remained high, and I wouldn't be too surprised if Darren Sharper signed with the New Orleans Saints, who, of course, have always been in need of defensive help, <laughs> other than in maybe the year 2000 or 99-ish, when it seemed like their defense actually wasn't all too bad. Yeah, so that two losses right there, most likely. Heath Farwell, also a possible loss. Heath Farwell, remember, the special team's ace, was lost to an ACL injury last season in the preseason. The very first game of the preseason visited the New England Patriots and is scheduled to make a stop in Cleveland to check out the Browns before returning to Minnesota. So, Heath Farwell either uh, getting some leverage or he's also on his way out. So, that is also disappointing. Even Na- Nafahu Tahi, the fullback, will visit with the Bengals on Thursday. According to the strip, Tahi was given the low tender one. Million 1.01 million, so basically a million 10,000 by the Vikings before our free agency started. So the Vikings have the right to match any offer he receives. So let's hope there's no stupid offer for that. Not that Tahi has filled in anything special. And, well, here is a guy we didn't lose, but we lost out on acquiring. The guy that all of us were super excited about. Hey, you know, we got Sage Rosenfels. Now he might have an, uh, another target for him to throw to. You got Berrien for the deep threat and possibly TJ Hushmanzada for a rep- for a possession receiver. He'd be like our new Chris Carter basically. He had of course offers from the Cincinnati Bengals. Who uh, Carson Palmer desperately wanted him to stick around, but guess what? Carson Palmer has always hurt and the Cincinnati Bengals suck. All right. So why not go to the other why not go to another team? Where their quarterback was hurt most of last season, and they also suck. The Seattle Seahawks, instead of coming to Minnesota, where you know you got a you got a super duper good running back. Uh, Cincinnati's starting running back is Cedric Benson. Mm-hmm. That's attractive. Seattle's starting running back, Julius Jones. Julius Jones, who got beat out by Barber, of <laughs> formerly of the Gophers. Marion Barber III, of course, uh, that was just as I was brain farting there for a second. Marion Barber III of the Gophers, super running back, um, destroyed Julius Jones for that job. He didn't just beat him out, he destroyed him. Yeah, he's he's the, yeah, there you go. Seattle, of course, does not have (laughs) Steve Hutchinson anymore either. They acquired Nate Burleson in a, basically a poison pill trade is basically what we did. We signed each player, each team got signed, each player for the same price and poison-pilled the other team. (laughs) I think the Vikings came ahead in that one just a little bit. Not that Nate Burleson sucks, but he's been injured an awful lot, and he's not as good as Steve Hutchinson. He's just not. Well, Seattle has two solid receivers now, TJ Hushmanzada and Nate Burleson, if he can stay healthy. If Matt Hasselbeck stays healthy, well, I'm sure Seattle will have the right to improve. I mean, that's a decent offense, I guess, now, but I can't think... He would have been in a worse situation here in Minnesota with Adrian Peterson. Uh, Sage Rosenfels maybe is the starter. Maybe not. Who knows? Maybe an improved DeVars Jackson will prove himself and take over. We're just going to have to wait and see on that. Of course, that is very, very unlikely. But who knows? D.J. Um, Husman's out his quote. Well, the quarterback played the role. And, I mean, I can understand that. But still, i got to think... The Vikings wouldn't have been a bad fit for him. Comment or the article continues here with the Vikings. The fact the Seattle Seahawks offered free agent receiver DJ Husmann a 40 million, five year deal with 15 million in guarantees certainly played a major role in his decision not to come to the Vikings. But the fact, but that wasn't the only factor. The Vikings quarterback situation apparently did not help matters. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. Really blame him there all the way, but still, it's frustrating. I continue now. Hushmanzada offered some insight during an appearance on The Dan Patrick Show, which also airs locally on 690 The Score. So there's a little plug. <laughs> Ultimately, here's Hushmanzada talking. Ultimately, I thought when I started comparing things, you look at the guy who was going to touch the ball every play, and that's Matt Hasselbeck. And that kind of weighed the decision a little bit in the favor of the Seahawks. Hushmanzada said, Man, funny how things might have changed a little bit if the Vikings somehow found a way to acquire Matt Hasselbeck, who apparently wasn't available or maybe not at the Vikings' price. That, of course, did not really ever come up, but it would have been a nice idea in my opinion. Yeah, it's frustrating. Um, We'll get to one other thing before I get to the receivers. One other major thing and now the quarterback situation again which was the number one story for about a day another no, another golden pot at the end of the rainbow you know how they never exist because the, there's no such thing right you're just chasing a ray of light in the uh, sky that, that will fade once you get to it right because it's uh, you're at a certain angle to be able to see it Mm-hmm. yeah that guy's name was uh jay cutler the guy I desperately wanted the Vikings to acquire somehow, someway on draft day. In 2006, yeah, Jay Cutler. He was upset, of course, at the Denver Broncos for possibly including him in a trade to Tampa Bay. It would have been a three-way deal where the Denver Broncos would have had Matt Kessel and Jay Cutler would have gone to the Bay, Tampa Bay. So Jay Cutler, of course... Did not get traded in that deal, but the talks were pretty close. Instead, the Kansas City Chiefs and the New England Patriots already had a deal in place because it was kind of a gentleman's deal, a sweetheart deal, between Pioli and the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. As we know, there was a little bit of something there as they acquired Matt Castle for only a second-round pick. I mean, come on. Matt Kessel and Vrabel. I mean geez. That was the that was the that was the major thing of the deal was a second round pick. There was a time I thought Matt Kessel would have demanded two first round picks because he was the franch he had the franchise tag. So I have no idea what happened there, to be honest with you. I'm gonna plead ignorance on this. I don't know what happened when it comes to that. But so much so much for that, huh? So much for that. Now, of course, as I digress, I was digressing a little too much there. Jay Cutler, well, of course, was very upset. He's a little bit fragile. And there were things already getting a little bit uh, tense with Josh McDaniels, who is not much older than Jay Cutler, only about six, seven years older than him, uh, of of the uh, the new coach of the Denver Broncos, replacing the infamous Mike Shanahan, (laughs) the infamous, dishonest Mike Shanahan. Um, Jay Cutler... Not a happy camper, refusing to meet up. So then all of a sudden, oh, let's spark up the Jay Cutler to Minnesota talks. You know, let's the Vikings are 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 talking to the Denver Broncos. Let's get it done. Well, it took about five it took about five hours later. Denver Broncos management stating, We are not trading Jay Cutler. That's just not gonna happen. And guess what, folks? If I was the Denver Broncos management, I would say the same thing. You don't trade Jay Cutler. You, you mean, you, you trade it up to get him in the first place in the draft. He's the kind of quarterback you get once every 10 to 15 years on your team. You get a legitimate quarterback, something that's taken the Vikings about 900 years to do. I mean, uh, Fran Tarkenton was probably the last one, if you really want my honest opinion, who uh, his final season was 1978. Yeah, it's been about 31 years, folks. About 31 years. Uh, LAUGHTER I can't really say that uh, Tommy Kramer was a franchise quarterback. Some people out there might think that. I can't go there. Wade Wilson, uh, no. Rich Gannon, well, he became one later in his career, and you could see he was a talented guy and had a lot of, uh, you know, he had a a lot of good football in him. You know, he was a quick player, great decision-maker. But he wasn't as good here. He was kind of like a starter backup type of guy, like Sage Rosenfels, right? Different style, but similar level of talent. Um, (laughs) Jim McMahon, no. (laughs) That was a quick one. Moran Moon, no. Brad Johnson, some people might say he was. Uh, No, he wasn't. He wasn't a franchise quarterback. He was decent. Yeah, I mean, it just keeps going on and on and on. Jeff George, of course not. He was just a one-half-year fix. Randall Cunningham, same thing, even though he had an awesome season. Uh, Dante Culpepper was supposed to be a franchise quarterback, but he was too inconsistent. He was worse than the stock market, folks. The stock market going up, straight up, and straight down, straight up, straight down, straight up, straight down. That's what Culpepper was. He had one Pro Bowl year and one awful year where everybody was like, my God, put in Farrat, You know, Gus Farrat, Todd Bauman, names like that. They wanted those guys over... Dante Culverpper, that does not tell me he's a franchise quarterback. I'm sorry. You don't say that about Peyton Manning. You don't say that about, uh, you don't even say that about Carson, guys like Carson Palmer, who is kind of a franchise quarterback. He basically is. Uh, Tom Brady, you know, same thing. So the frustration continues. Frustration continues. I mean, the I swear the media in this town just wanted to play with us, basically. You, you knew it wasn't going to happen. It's a pipe dream. Things like that never happen. Never. They never do. Not even T.J. Hushmanzada. which now I can finally, finally get into the main topic of the day, the wide receiver position. So it's not T.J. Hushmanzada. All right, well, Lavernius Coles. Lavernius Coles. Let's quickly turn to Lavernius Coles, man. He's probably about the best guy available overall. Not the sexiest stats I've ever seen, but, oh, he signed with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yep, signs with the Cincinnati Bengals. Almost immediately <laughs> when, you know, when it's like, you know, we got to go after this guy now, right? Nope, four-year deal, Vernius Cole's with Cincinnati. So they've kind of replaced TJ now. Um, terrific. That sucks. He's, he's an okay player, about 850 yards, five touchdowns, which is basically about the same numbers that uh, Hoosh had last year. We're going to quickly look at Hoosh before I get any f- too too far ahead of myself. Uh, after an awesome year in 2000. Well, two two great years in a row, two thousand six, Hooshman's out had thousand eighty one yards and ninety catches, nine touchdowns, played all sixteen games in two thousand seven, a career year, hundred and twelve catches. Now that's a possession receiver with eleven hundred and forty three yards and twelve touchdowns in two thousand seven. Carson Palmer was healthy though, those two years. This last year Carson Palmer was dealing with serious elbow problems and TJ's numbers drop 92 catches, but only 904 yards and four touchdowns. That's it. I mean, that's the kind of thing that's going to happen when you have a very unknown backup quarterback throwing you the ball, Fitzgerald, in Cincy. But now as I get back into the actual free agent list, Lavernius Cole is, of course, off that list. So the Vikings were also talking about uh, Nate, Nate Washington, a guy who was really nice for the Pittsburgh Steelers, a young up-and-comer Nate Washington. Only four years into the career, into his career, oh, he's now a Tennessee Titan. <sighs> it never ends, does it? It never ends, Tennessee Titans. So now you look at guys like Amani Toomer. Well, he's 13 years in the league. I, I used to like him. Not anymore. Forget it. Corrin Robinson? Uh, no. No. Jerry Porter has not done too much in the league. He's, he was with Jacksonville last year. He was okay. Nothing I can get too exciting with. So maybe you look at him, maybe not. David Patton, another guy who is too old and didn't really do much with the New Orleans Hornets. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I had to. New Orleans Saints last year. Um, Ashley LaLay. he's never done anything in the league. Talk about overrated. What has Ashley LaLay ever done? Ever. He sucks. I don't want him. Uh, And I'm sure the Vikings won't go after him either. There just isn't much, man. Slim Pickens, folks. Slim Pickens. Devery Henderson was a nice player for the New Orleans Saints last year. Resigned. So, so be it. Ronald Curry, he's never really done anything either. He's a guy you know a lot. Uh, The Oakland Raiders are filled with free agents and underachieving wide receivers like Ronald Curry. Uh, Jerry Porter's a a former Oakland Raider. Drew Carter, Oakland Raider, another one of those. He's I can't really say much about him. Don't know enough. He and he's there's not really much to know either. Uh, Michael Clayton, the guy the Vikings were looking at, resigns with Tampa. Mm, it just continues on and on. Um, oh look, Tory Holt's available. Nope, it's Glenn Holt, Glenn Holt, mm-hmm, Cincinnati. Yeah. Anyhow, move on. <laughs> I mean, there's just not much here other than there are a couple. There are about four four names that I'm going to bring up now, which could be legitimate names. One of them, I mean, one of them isn't going to happen. We know it's not going to happen, but the talent is there, and you never know. Even though uh, you know the Vikings aren't going to do it, but I have to put his name out there because he's legit. Even though he's he's been in the league 13 years and he's getting older. Terrell Owens, who was released by the Dallas Cowboys last night, Terrell Owens is available. Do the Vikings look at him? Probably not, but I'm telling you, it would sure generate some interest in this town. And, boy, would you have a nice receiver tandem with Terrell Owens and Bernard Berrien. I know it's not going to happen, but you got to put his name out there because you never know. Another guy who is a legitimate name, definitely getting older, is Marvin Harrison. He's been in the league forever. He's about 38 the talent is still there, somewhat. I mean, it's not definitely not what it was. Uh, Marvin Harrison had has been I mean has been oft injured of late, unfortunately. He did play 15 games last year though, with 636 yards, five touchdowns, not bad. He's a veteran, obviously. He's a legend. He's a legend. He's like one of the all timers, but he hasn't had a good year in about three years. 2006 was his last good season, 1,366 yards, 12 touchdowns. Of course, Indianapolis Colts won the entire thing that year. Uh, The year after that, 2007, only played five games, serious injuries that year. He has not been the same since. I mean, when you get into your mid to upper 30s, like Marvin Harrison, when you have major injuries, you kind of never really are the same again. That's just the way it goes, especially when you're playing a position like wide receiver. I mean, it's kind of important that you're quick and fast at the same time when you play wide receiver, right? Otherwise, your production level drops and you're more of a Bobby Wade, which is what, you know, Bobby Wade is what he is, folks. So now I talked about the older guys and the guys that are less likely to acquire. So after scouring this free agent list, which includes Mike Furry, who's an okay guy, but he's just a real player, former Detroit. Lion, I'm going to throw his name out there. I'm not going to put him on the poll. Bobby Ingram is ancient, former since uh, Seattle, Seahawks, excuse me. He's been around a long time. He's talented, but he's so old, and I don't know. His production level has dropped dramatically over the years. So now we're going to go to two significantly younger guys. One of them is Reggie Williams of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's a guy I look at. And unfortunately, he has not been signed yet by another team. So that's good for starters. Reggie Williams has had productive seasons in the NFL. He's only been in the league three years. Last year was not the Jaguars' year, as David Gerrard only threw 15 touchdown passes and was mediocre most of the year. Cleo Lemon was terrible in the short time he got to play. Very short time he got to play. It was pretty much just David Gerrard all year. Things just didn't work out for them. Williams played all 16 games last year. Uh, The number's not attractive, which also could mean his price won't be too high. In 2008, he only caught uh, 37 passes, 364 yards, and three touchdowns. But here's where the talent starts to show a little teeny bit. Not all exciting, but 38 yards in 2007, 629 yards, 10 touchdowns. 10 touchdowns for Reggie Williams, the year before that, 616 yards, 52 catches, 4 touchdowns. The other thing that attracts me is Reggie Williams doesn't get hurt. I also made a mistake. He is five years into the league, but still very young. At only about 25, he's going to turn 26 on May 17th. Uh, In 2004, he played 16 games. 2005, 16 games. 2006, 16 games. 2007, 15 games. 2008, 16. He has missed one game. In five years, so Reggie Williams is a pretty durable guy. He was a first-round pick by the Jaguars in 2004, ninth overall. So uh, Reggie Williams is a guy I like a little bit. He he's a guy to look at. He's never really been in a prolific offense. Jacksonville is not known for that. You know, you're gonna get what you're gonna get with Reggie Williams. So I mean, he's a guy. Yeah, at least I would take a flyer on him. I mean, who knows? Maybe. Him and Sage Rosenfels, or even Tavares Jackson can hook up for double-digit touchdowns or or at least eight. That's better than Sidney Rice. (laughs) Uh, Sidney Rice is a third receiver right now, if you want my opinion. And now we get to the final guy and the guy that I personally view as the favorite. And this is why I mixed up. He's only three years in the league. So I got him mixed up with uh, Reggie Williams. Lance Moore of the New Orleans Saints, who had a breakout season last year. He was the leading receiver for the New Orleans Saints with seventy nine yards. He did not or he was not drafted. He's only five foot nine, so he's probably more of a speed guy, or is more of a speed guy, excuse me. Was not even drafted. The Saints got a diamond in the rough in Lance Moore. Seventy nine catches, nine hundred and twenty eight yards, and ten touchdowns last season. The previous year he played sixteen games as more of kind of a role player, third, fourth receiver. 32 catches, 302 yards, two touchdowns. And his rookie year, he caught one ball in 2006 in four games. So more of a special teams guy at that point in time. Um, Special teams guy, deactivated. You know, you get the idea. Not really on the radar. But Lance Moore is a guy who really helped the New Orleans Saints get in the playoff picture late in the season. And he sure as heck helped my fantasy team last year get back to the Super Bowl for the third straight season. (laughs) I know it's not all about fantasy, but I'm telling you, this guy, this guy's a nice player, and uh, he's a guy, if I were a Vikings management, I would take a long, long, hard look at. I can't imagine his asking price would be all super-duper high. So I at least give him a look. Uh, He's he's more attractive than Ike Hilliard, Amani Toomer, and, uh, you know, even Marvin Harrison at this point in time. At least he's a lot younger, being he is also going to turn 26 this this year August 31st 26 so not too bad not too bad got a, most of his career ahead of him as well so that's how things stand right now with the Minnesota Vikings and free agency we're going to take a quick break and we'll do our poll for this week right after this announcement <laughs> Here on thesportstuff.com, we're toughing up on Brave the Wild with Paladino. Join me, Paladino, as we brave the Minnesota Wild Hockey Club on our way to the playoffs. We're available on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. The boogeyman Derek Bugard says you'd better listen or he just might drop the gloves. Call up your courage and Brave the Wild with your buddy, Paladino Joey. We are back here on Purple Mafia. Once again, episode number 28, a reminder for iPod users. Do check out Brave the Wild, which is available on the sportsdef.com and iTunes, Minnesota Wild Podcast. Check it out. Not so much positivity over there either. Uh, The Vikings, the best team in town right now, other than maybe the Minnesota Twins. So definitely a good thing to talk Vikings always here on Purple Mafia. So... Free agency is going south, but at least there is something still available at the wide receiver position, something of interest. Uh, I did a poll, and, of course, you could guess which four guys they are going to be. The question is, which wide receiver should the Vikings pursue next? I had to put his name up there. Terrell Owens was number one, Lance Moore, number two, Marvin Harrison, number three, Reggie Williams, number four. I personally am going for Lance Moore. Give it a shot. This could be an interesting move if the Vikings get Lance Moore. Uh, both of them, Reggie Williams and Lance Moore, are touchdown guys, and the Vikings need more of that. They really, really do. Other than that, I don't see much out there at the wide receiver position anymore, and the Vikings need to get one. They need to get one. And uh, those guys, at least Reggie Mill- Williams and Lance Moore, would not be ultra expensive. Marvin Harrison, I could see him settling for about $2 million, million, $3 million coming to the Vikings, if you want to go that direction. Yeah, of course, that'd be a win-now thing, and uh, the Vikings do need to approach that attitude at this point in time with the 37-year-old Marvin Harrison, not 38. um, Yeah, it's a move the Vikings need to make somewhere, sometime very soon. Got to get a receiver you need. Now the Vikings need a new center, (laughs) and uh, that is awfully frustrating. As Brown, Jason Brown, no longer available. Could be Sullivan taking over. At center. The 6th round pick last year. Well, last time we had a 6th round pick take over at center, it worked out. Will lightning strike twice, uh, excuse me, will light, lightning strike twice in about a 10 year period? do know I doubt it. We'll see. <laughs> we will see. Um, of course, I went with Lance Moore, as I said. Do vote on the poll. Go to thesportstuff.com. Click on TSS boards. Sign up. Go to the section that says podcast. Then click Purple Mafia. And vote away, and also please do post a reply as to why you picked this certain receiver. Maybe you want Terrell Owens really bad. You know, you think it could possibly work out. Uh, the Vikings can make a Super Bowl run this year and see what happens next year. As, uh, Terrell Owens has Sam Cassell and Latrell Sprewell syndrome, as Timberwolves fans would remember that. For uh, the first year, he's going to be dynamite. He's going to be a somewhat good citizen, and he's going to take your team a long, long way. The second year, well, pack a lunch. Who knows? I would sign Terrell Owens if it were me. I mean, if if I signed Terrell Owens, I'd sign him only for a one-year deal. One year, if that's humanly possible. And I think his leverage has dropped when it comes to that type of approach. So, with that, I'm going to call it a close. I hope there's more positivity on the way this coming week. Pray with me. Join the family, Purple Mafia, and pray that the Vikings... Free agency takes a turn for the better the coming week. So, with with that, I'm going to call it a day. Hope to talk to you soon. We'll be back in a week. Purple Mafia episode number 29. Then, see you then.